Hello, comic creators. Welcome back to the Comics Connection podcast, where we talk to you about the being a professional comic creator and the business and creative aspects of having that role in the industry. I'm Gamal. He's Andy. And this week, we're going to do something a little bit different than what we do in our normal podcast. Most of the time, we take one of the major news stories of the week that pertains to the industry, and we actually talk about it in relation to you guys being comic book creators. But because this podcast is being recorded the week after Thanksgiving, there's not a whole lot of you know breaking comic book news floating around the industry for us to kind of latch on to and give our unsolicited uh, comments on. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about what characteristics or what traits you guys need as comic book creators to have a successful career. There are a lot of things that shift and change within the industry from week to week, month to month, year to year. But there are some things, no matter what technology pops up, no matter what new formats or what new companies are in or out of the business that you're going to need to have a long-term career in the business. Um, Andy, I'm going to start with mine and then you can give yours because yours will probably be more accurate anyway, considering you have actually been both on the creative and the business side of it. Um, the first thing you're going to need, I think, is some sort of skill that the industry needs. Now, this could be a creative skill, art, lettering, flatting, coloring, whatever. It could also be a business-related skill, whether that's marketing or print management or production design or project management or anything like that. But there has to be something that useful that you can do in the industry to make yourself useful in the industry. Um, the second thing that I think is extremely important is going to be patience. Because if you are expecting your first book to kind of be your watchman, you know, magnum opus kind of thing, it's not that's not how comics work. It's not really how life works. You're going to be in the industry for a very long time building up that skill because skill is very different from talent. Talent may be something that innate that you actually can utilize in the industry. Skill is going to take some time and you're going to need the patience to kind of get yourself to that point where you can, you know, have a successful career. There's actually a very um, not so famous picture that, um, Andy, I'm sure you've seen the Alex Ross picture of when he drew Superman as like he was seven or eight years old. And then when he drew Superman for Kingdom Come and they're not yeah. the same. They are significantly different because, but they're 30, 40 years between when he started and when now he's, you know, now he's Alex Ross and we're not. But that took patience. That also took the third thing that I think you actually need is a passion for the medium itself. You are not going to be willing to put in, whether you're talking about Gladwell's 10,000 hours or Robert Greene's mastery or any of those paradigms of being a professional in anything, you're not going to be willing to do put on all that time unless you really love comics. It's it's comics is not like it's not like the movies. 
you, you could be very successful in comics and nobody knows who you are. You're not going to be a celebrity. You're just going to be in comics. So if you don't love comics for comics, it's, it's not going to be helpful. The other two things that you probably need is you're going to need a network of people to actually, that you could rise up in the industry with. Um, comic books is not kind of a, you do, you make comics by and large, by yourself in isolation, but that process is part of a larger process and you're part of a larger industry. So if you don't know people in the industry, people you can bounce ideas off of, people who can warn you about certain things, people who can introduce you to certain other people, referrals, things like that, comics is a fairly small industry. If you don't have that kind of network that you could actually build up over time while you're developing your skill and your talent, it's going to be much more difficult for you to get a foothold in and actually sustain yourself over time. And the final thing that I think is the most important, but this is a biased perception on my part, is you need to have an understanding of how the industry works because you could have all the skill, you could have all the love of the medium that anyone has ever had, whether you talk about Siegel and Schuster or Kirby or anybody else. But if you don't understand how the industry works, all of that in all of that work that you do, all of that passion that you put in, all of that money that you generate will go to someone else. And that's not really a good look. It's not helpful for you having a career. So to balance out, and we've talked about this a lot in Commerce Connection, balancing your creative drive and your business prudence is going to be one of the key things you need to actually get yourself a long-term comic book career. I have literally rambled for 25, 30 minutes now, Andy, and you've just, you've been very patient and waiting. So uh, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt. You were on a roll. I just print it. Let's just cut. We're done. <laughs> That's the podcast this week. Uh, no, that was all excellent stuff. It really was. Um, I don't, I don't disagree. And I don't even feel like I need to throw out a caveat. Like that was, that was all, that was all right on target. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's not just the one, you know, being in comics these days, it's not just the one thing, right? It's mm -hmm. not just like, I'm a letterer and that's all I do. And I literally don't have to think about anything else because of the way the industry works now, because people use traditional publishers, because people use non-traditional publishers, because they do crowdfunding, because they do print on demand, because they do all of these different sorts of aspects even if you are hired by somebody else you still have to have some sort of understanding of how they work even if it's just because you need to go need to know where to go to look for more work all right well in that case let's actually switch gears a little bit because a lot of what i talked about was specifically focused on the business aspect of having a long-term career but a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are creators and they don't necessarily want to be marketing managers in comics. So from your standpoint, what does it actually take to have a long-term creative career in the comic book industry? It will take a commitment to the craft and that can be like one aspect of comic creation that you do. Writing, I just want to write. It can be penciling, I just want to pencil. I don't want to color. Or it can be any number or combination of those skills. Um, Will Eisner 
famously said that the best comics are made by one person who writes, draws, letters, does the whole thing themselves. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, although it's hard it's hard to argue with Will Eisner because he was amazing. Um, yeah, but, but did Will Eisner color? He didn't color, did he? He just he just penciled, drew, writ, wrote it, penciled it, inked it, lettered it. I mean, I say just as if these are like simple things, but he didn't color. Well, originally they were published in black and white. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't actually know who colored them later. Um, but anyway, my point, my point being that there's got to be a commitment to the craft. Uh, I think what Gamal was saying about a love for the medium, that, that there's an, an overlap there. Like you've got to mm-hmm. love the medium enough to love the thing that you do with the medium or within the medium. So that's, that's the number one thing. And that means learning. It means, uh, it means practicing. Um, and it means hustling, right? Hustle both in terms of how much you're practicing and how much you're learning um, and hustling for, for work, whether that's to become a part of a team where you don't get paid up front or whether you're looking for work for hire where you do get paid, you know, as you go. But, um, but that's number one, you've got to have that commitment to learn, to grow and to stay on top of it and to stay on, on top of your game. That's, Mm -hmm. that's number one. Um, number two, I, I do think you have to have some interpersonal skills, um, working it's comics are generally a team uh a team sport Mm -hmm. so being able to work with others whether it's other artists and other people that are creatively involved but also editors marketing people you know who whomever the the production design people that are like i need you to adjust your files this way like being able to work with communicate and problem solve along the way is super helpful because if you get to the end of a gig whatever that gig or collaboration is and you were easy you were good step mm-hmm. one and you were easy to work with part two then everything else becomes exponentially easier mm-hmm. because your reputation will build the one thing that i have found within the comics industry with everything that i have done in it as a creator as a publisher as a printer as a editor was word of mouth was the most effective advertising and marketing so we have more people that sign up for our courses because people that have taken our courses have suggested them thing same thing with comics connection people go into comics connection they have a great experience they refer other people to it same thing as a writer people have a good experience with me as a writer i get referred to other things so it is that word of mouth and i think that again sort of segues kind of into or bleeds in and out of what you were saying Gamal about having that network Mm -hmm. Um, not just network of people that come up with you but network of people that can put you put you on projects and hire you and and um, pay you because being paid is really cool it's really it is it is I it is it's happened to me once or twice and it's always it's always better than like working (laughs) for free um but what you what you said actually it does resonate into even a lot of the things that I do on a legal side, because I know for a fact that 30% of my clients are my clients because they were refer- referred to me by other people who were my clients before. So they had a good experience. They told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on and so on. But I did have a question for you from a creative aspect in terms of having a long-term career. Do you, are you under the impression that someone's, I guess, creative vision or creative 
fingerprint needs to evolve over time or change? Or do you feel like once someone finds what it is that they are distinctly known for, that they should kind of just stick to that? And I'm thinking of people like everyone can, well, most people in comics can tell the difference between Bill Sienkiewicz, David Mack, and Jim Lee. Because, but I don't think each one of them that their style has changed that much in the time that they've been, you know, in the industry or like a Kurt Busiek or a Chris Claremont over time. It's, it seems like the style, once the style is established, it does not necessarily, it doesn't change into something else. Does that, does that question make sense? That question makes sense. I mean, I think, you know, most of the examples you threw out are kind of, you know, those are people that have achieved luminary status, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and once you get so well known for a particular style or a particular thing, that's what people want from you. And right. in some cases, they will want that from you forever, which yes. actually makes it difficult to change your style. Mm -hmm. Right. So we've, I'm sure you've, you've, I'm struggling to think of an example right now where an artist who's like really well known for like one thing that they do really, really well, one mm -hmm. style that they do really, really well. They like put something out that's in a completely different style that they love and they've been developing and they're really excited about. And people are all like, uh, no, that's not what we pay you to do. Right. right. Like that's, <laughs> that's kind of how that happens. But I think for the rest of us, normal folks, um, you know, I do think even within that those situations, I think styles do change and and grow. It may be not quite as obvious to sort of the quote unquote like naked eye, but like mm -hmm. for those creators, I don't I don't think there are many creators. I'm not gonna say there are none, but I don't think there are many creators that are like I just want to do the same thing over and over, and I right. don't want to change or evolve. Um, so I think that's all part of the natural process, um, and probably the artists creators style changes they want to challenge themselves by trying newer things bigger things more complicated things you know a different genre mm -hmm. um and i think tastes of fans and audiences change and markets change so you know i think we see a lot of people that really do evolve and change their styles you know both writing and art like over time to just sort of and it's not always i don't want to make it sound like it's just trying to follow fads because that's not it that's mm -hmm. that's generally not a recipe for success but if it's just like hey so and so is doing something really cool and interesting over there let me see what i can learn from it and that doesn't right. mean you're going to copy that style necessarily but it means there are things going on there that excite you and if you can find excitement in somebody else's art uh, or somebody else's story and then bring that excitement what what is it about that that excites you and bring that into your stories and i think you you're you're evolving organically and you're not copying anybody mm -hmm. you're just you're just following your excitement um so i think that's all a very natural part of the creative process and quite honestly it's a natural part of some of the business process too like you know marketing is always changing you know you, you market something the same way three times and the fourth time it's not going to work right because people are used right. to it so you know i mean i we we have a tendency to be like these five people are creative Mm -hmm. everybody else just crunches numbers and that's not really the case i mean and even with creators there's some number crunching too so 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely my long-winded answer to that question, which was a great question, by the way. Well, it well was a, it was a great answer. So now that we've actually asked and answered all the great questions, I think this is time the place to wrap up. Um, the all of the um the links for things like Comics Experience and Comics Connection are going to be in the show notes. We will be back in another couple of weeks to discuss more of the aspects of professional comic creative, comic creation from the business and creative side. Once again, I'm Gamal. He's Andy. Thank you, Andy, for being on the show. And we will see everybody next time and have fun with your comics. <laughs>